I'm a motherfucking G-E-N-E-R-A-L Work to the cake shells in this chopper I will put 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 popper Make it sound like helicopters land on top of this bitch You want this whopper? Come and get your beef, nigga I'm not a boxer, I'm a beef brief, nigga We on top, I will put you underneath, nigga Alright, alright, alright Welcome back, welcome back You know what time it is, that's right Another edition of the Fan in the Van podcast time. Ah, finally back from vacation, which is, eh, it's all right. But you know how it is when you take a week off and you try to get back into the grind of things. Um, But let's get into it. Obviously, we have week three. We'll get into that in a few minutes. But for all the Yankee fans out there, (laughs) AL East champs. And who would have thought? Before the season started, you know, all the analysts, the broadcasters, the doubters, the haters, the naysayers, you know, Yankees are going to finish fourth, Toronto's going to take over this division, Tampa's going to be right behind them, Boston's going to have a huge impact, and, you know, obviously Baltimore would just be where Baltimore is when it's all said and done, even though they had a nice little stretch here and there where they win, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine in a row, and then, you know... At one point, they were even sniffing a playoff spot. Now, I'm not so sure. I haven't checked lately. But, you know, again, the Yankees did what they were supposed to do. And they won the games they were supposed to win, obviously. And, you know, were there struggles? You're fucking damn right there were a lot of struggles this year. I mean, when we had that one rough stretch, then we had another rough stretch. Then we can't pitch. Then we can't hit. We can't score. You know, but that's what happens over the course of 162 games. It's going to happen. It's always going to happen. And you just got to, unfortunately, take it in stride. I mean, yeah, we could sit here. You know, I could sit here, do my podcast and bash it. You know, Brent and Dave over 1420 Sports talk about it, and they can bash it and criticize it. You know, but at the end of the day, we're all in agreement. We're all happy that the Yankees are ALEs champs. But now you have these last, what is it, like 8 to 12 games left, whatever it is. And at this point now, the Yankees just got to keep rolling. And then they'll have pretty much, in essence, almost like a whole entire bye week. Like as if it was the NFL, they get a first, you know, obviously they'll they'll play, they'll host, a, you know, a series at Yankee Stadium in the ALDS, whoever it is. Um, you know, but the team really to look out for right now in the Major League playoffs, and maybe it's a crapshoot, maybe it's not, is Probably Seattle right now. Um, I know they had that ridiculous game. They were up like 8 9 nothing, whatever it was. And then Kansas City came back and scored like 9 10 straight in one inning. And then whatever it was, and they wound up beating Seattle 13 to 12. Uh, uh, 13 to 12. But yeah, Seattle could be that sleeper team in the playoffs where as long as they keep winning, who knows how far they can go. But again, the Yankees are the AL East. Baseball champs, you know, and now hopefully the season ends with a World Series. You know, Garrett Cole's got to be Garrett Cole. He's got to be the ace we're paying him to be. Not this guy who gives up the long ball every three innings. And then when he doesn't like a call, like at the end of the, like the end of the, uh, he was when they were playing Boston. It's like the end of the fifth or the sixth, whatever it was. And you already knew he was done. He was up to 90-something pitches by like the end of the sixth inning. And there was a pitch who was borderline pitch. He waits till the end of the inning. 
after he gives up the home run that ties the game. Obviously, he wind up coming back and winning it. But, you know, his frustrations with the, with, with the umpiring. And, that, that, listen, that's, it, it's going to continue. It, it doesn't matter. There was one game I was watching. It was the Padres and somebody, and Angel Hernandez, literally three strikes in a row refused to call them strikes. I don't know what gives these umpires the, you know, this power trip to, you know, not call certain pitches or even in football not call certain penalties. But, um, you know, speaking of penalties, you know, since I've been on vacation, you know, a lot has happened. And this is where kind of the NBA and the NFL tie in. Now, I don't know all the specifics as of yet. I haven't really read much into it, but... Everybody who watches the NBA knows what happened recently. Um, I can't even pronounce the guy's name. I'm not even going to try to do it. Uh, But the Boston Celtics head coach has been suspended for a whole year. And there's going to be some huge fine and whatever other punishments for having a relationship with a female employee of the Celtics. Now, from what I've heard, it was consensual. There was no Deshaun Watson bullshit there. And this is where, and, and this is where the NBA makes the NFL look like a joke, because the NBA turns around and says, even though this was consensual, you made the NBA look bad. You know, you're you're a soon to be married man. He was engaged to actress Nia Long. We all remember Nia Long from Boys in the Hood and Friday and Are We There Yet? Are We Done Yet? Watching those two movies, uh, regardless. Uh, <laughs> But the NBA said, you know, that the NBA holds everybody to a higher standard. And I understand the NBA has got its problems, too. But when you look at the two punishments, Deshaun Watson gets off easy. The guy literally made women unwarningly and unwillingly touch his junk, amongst other things he probably made them do. And here's a guy having a consensual relationship. Again, from what I've read, I really haven't delved deep into this yet, but... The guy has a relationship outside of his relationship. And I understand, you know, it's wrong to do that. I get that. But nobody's perfect. And you're always going to have somebody that's, unfortunately, you can have steak and potatoes at home. But outside the house, there could be a filet mignon you might want. There could be a T-bone porterhouse steak you might want that's better than that steak and potatoes at home. I don't fucking know. I'm not him. But... The fact that the NBA took such a a high standard with this situation, granted nobody was raped that we know of, you know, nothing was done unwillingly, again, that that we know of, and they said you're done for the year, and whatever the money punishment's going to be is what it's going to be, where the NFL took a situation that's worse than this situation and pretty much made a mockery of it and said, well, six games, now 13, and a $5 million fine. I understand Two different sports, they each have different collective bargaining agreements. I grasp that. But again, this is where the NBA got it right, and the NFL got it wrong. Now, obviously, getting into the NFL, you know, everybody that knows me knows I'm a huge Steeler fan. So, obviously, Thursday's game was not fun. At at the end of the first half, the Steelers were doing everything they needed to do. Okay. You know, it was decent play calling. You know, questionable passes by Mitch. You know, he's not reading through all the progressions. You know, and my ex-wife now has this new thing, hashtag ditch Mitch. You know, 
she with her, it's a specific type of quarterback that'll get her to acknowledge that that's her quarterback. You know, and and, and that's fine. Me, I think you got to give Mitch a little more time. You know, again, it's you know he's in a new offense, new players, and and you got to gel together. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to read through the progressions. Now, obviously, week one, this offensive line sucked. But it's improved, so they're giving him time in the pocket. And it's like he stands there for half a second, and then he's running around like he's fucking Michael Vick. Yeah. Meanwhile, nobody's coming after you. So, you know, obviously the, the frustrations are growing with within the organization, and it pretty much has to do with Matt Canada. So, you know, they interviewed Tomlin at the end of the game. He says he's not making any changes, but at some point you're going to have to make a change, whether it's the quarterback or it's the offensive coordinator. One of the two has got to change. And obviously, it's got to be the offensive coordinator before it's the quarterback. Because if you put Kenny Pickett in with this offense and no autonomy to call an audible, it's going to be the same end result. So, you know. And then speaking of Cleveland, obviously, because people on uh, certain people on Twitter that listen, you know, would, would message me, oh, so you're going to bash Miles Garrett's car accident. Just because I bash the Cleveland Browns doesn't mean if something personal happens, I'm going to bash the guy who plays for the Cleveland shitstains. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not going to do that. Because again, at the end of the day, Miles Garrett, even though I hate the team he plays for, and even though I, I think he's second, second to third best to TJ Watt, okay, and even Aaron Donald and a couple others, okay, Bottom line is this. He's a human before he's a football player. If you take away football from Miles Garrett, okay, what is he? He's just like you and me. The only thing that makes him different is that he plays in the NFL. So why am I going to sit here and, and bash the guy's car accident? What we all should be saying is, luckily he's alive and walked away with minor injuries, if any injuries at all. So, no, I'm not going to fucking bash it. I'll bash that fucking elf on the 50-yard line before I bash, you know, Miles Garrett for getting into a car accident. So, the, the answer to that, and I forget who asked me if I was going to do it, but the answer is no. So, if you're listening, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, Jets, Bengals, and I, I don't know what the Jets are doing here. So you got your star quarterback out who's going to be back this week to play against Pittsburgh, you know, pending the doctor's decision because this is all up to the doctors. This is not up to Zach Wilson. This is not up to the Jets. The doctors are going to be the ones with the final say. And not for nothing, that's kind of the way with certain injuries. That's the way it should be. Um, you know, the doctor should have the final say. And... So you're watching the Jets-Bengal game, and every time, Flacco's just standing there, every single time, Trey Hendrickson gets him, I go, oh, here's another strip sack. You would think by the end of the first half, Robert Sala would have said, this guy's getting killed out there, I have to put in Mike Whitehead. And what does he do? He trots Flacco out there for more of the same in the first half, but in the second half. And yeah, he was making plays here and there, but guess what? Not enough. Joe Flacco's not going to get you to the AFC East title. And right now, the looks of it, it's going to be Miami or Buffalo that wins it. And Miami made Buffalo look human on Sunday. And we all saw towards the end of the first half what happened with Tua Tonga Viola. 
you know, he gets pushed to the ground, his head hits the friggin' turf, and then he gets up, he stumbles, he gets up, and he falls again. But somehow he manages to play the second half. And the NFLPA, right at the end of the game, came out and said, we're investigating this. Because there's no way that man should have been out there. And that's according to them. And from the videos I've seen of him getting up, then falling and trying to get up again, he should not have been out there. So was he playing half concussed, full concussed? I don't know because I'm not the team doctors. But how do you, how do you let him go back out there? Did they go through the full concussion protocol testing before the second half? We don't know. Because we're not there. So this is a huge situation because you're taking a player's mental health and physical well-being into account to win a game. You know, I think from this situation, you're going to see next year, it's going to be a more rigorous thing where if you get up and fall like that, get up and fall again, they're not going to test you there. They're going to make you sit out the rest of the game. And honestly, that's what you should do. I mean, you already take a brutal beating for 60 friggin' minutes as it is. And you're asking this guy now, not knowing fully where he is, to do it for a whole nother half. So, again, you know, we'll find out in the next few weeks whether Miami gets punished for this or did Miami follow the correct protocol. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that. You got the Sunday night game. Broncos 49ers. Obviously, my, my buddy at 1420 Sports, uh, Dave's a huge Bronco fan and Brent being a Niners fan. So this must have been what should have been a fun matchup for the two of them was as disastrous as it gets. Now, it was almost like a, a low score, like a high scoring baseball game at this point. At one point, it was 7-5. Garoppolo didn't even know that he was in the end zone and pretty much gives himself a safety. And just watching that game, Russell Wilson, to me, is not the same Russell Wilson in front that he was in Seattle. Now, Seattle, obviously, it's a different system. It was something he was accustomed to. It was built around him. Again, just like in Pittsburgh with Mitch Trubisky, you have to give Russell Wilson time to gel with Judy and Sutton and, and you know, everybody else. You know, it's, it's going to take time. Who knows? Next week, Russell Wilson could go out there and go 30 for 45, throw 400 plus and four or five touchdowns, and Broncos fans are going to be up in arms about it instead of doing what they've been doing for three weeks, and that's pretty much bashing. So, but that game, though, was, that game was disastrous. Oh, I don't even know how I stayed up for three quarters of that game. I don't even know how I did. I don't get how anybody did it. But, you know, it's just oh, atrocious. And then you got uh, Baltimore, obviously, in the AFC North. And me and my buddy Brandon were talking the other night. And, you know, we were talking about Lamar. And I said, you know, he has improved. I said, I have bashed him, but he has improved. And what Lamar's doing right now is going to get him the contract he's looking for, if not more. And then we were talking about, you know, elite quarterbacks. And I told him, I said, the only thing that keeps him out of the elite category is the thing that Mahomes has. And that's a Super Bowl. So then he was like, well, you know, if he gets a second MVP, he can have 10 MVPs. But if you don't have a Super Bowl or two or three to go with the MVPs, to me, you're not elite. 
You're not elite. And, and, and that's just from my point of view. But is Lamar doing what he should be doing? Yeah. Now, is Baltimore going to wind up paying? You bet. If you're a Ravens fan, you better hope they do because, you know, all the talks are, you know, if he goes, if he leaves, you know, would the Giants be a team that goes and signs him? You know, and you saw Monday night, you know, Daniel Jones, to me, is not the guy that's getting you anywhere. I mean, yeah, you won two games to start the year, and one of them was pretty much a defensive comeback, you know, and then a game-winning field goal, and then, you know, and then week two, you know, they beat Carolina by, what, a field goal again? And then, you know, they lose to Dallas without Dak Prescott. Okay. Barkley... Has as long as Barkley stays healthy, Barkley's going to do what he needs to do to get himself an extension. This offensive line at times Monday night did not give him the time to make the plays he was supposed to make. So, can we again? It's been said at nauseum. Do you totally blame Daniel Jones? If you're a Giants fan, and if you're a knowledgeable Giants fan, you have to sit here and realize fifty percent of it's on Daniel Jones, and fifty percent of it's on an offensive line that's not protecting him at all times. So, that's where I gauge Daniel Jones is not the future of this team. And it shows you that Gettleman had no clue to what he was doing. Now, you know, you had the situation in in Kansas City. You you would think Kansas City's playing the Colts. Colts are 0-2. And, you know, you figure, all right, here we go. This should be an easy one. Mahomes puts up four or five hundred, let's say, and four or five touchdowns, and Hilaire runs for like a buck ten, you know, and the Colts beat them. And Mahomes is having issues with Eric Bieniemy on the sidelines, and him and Chad Henney are arguing on the sideline, and it just wasn't a good day for Patrick Mahomes. And you know, these are games, especially in an AFC West where you look at it right now with the Raiders being zero and three. Denver being what like one and two, and then you have the Chargers who got smoked by the Jaguars. Honestly, they were better off starting Chase Daniels than putting friggin' than putting Herbert in there. I mean, the the kids playing hurt, and in that situation, the same guy who punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung is the guy who's medically taking care of Justin Herbert, and that doctor's being sued. So I don't get how you let that happen, but. What the fuck do I know? I'm just a schmuck who does a podcast and sells car parts all day. Fuck do I know? Um, you know, but, you know, I said it a few weeks ago. I, I told everybody this would be an interesting NFL season, and it has been. Because Jacksonville looks like they're becoming the team that they're supposed to be. And, yeah, we bashed them over spending on everybody, but maybe those are the pieces that work for Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson's offense. And people are like, well, you know, you should be thanking Urban Meyer for not being there. I don't get how you thank the guy who, in essence, ruined this team for a year, but, eh, well, I guess. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> you know... Uh, yeah, I don't get how you thank the guy. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see how you thank Urban Meyer. You know, it's not like Urban Meyer left you with a team that was a Super Bowl contender. He left you with a team in fucking disarray 
where everybody was unhappy and like nobody wanted to be there. But if you want to thank them, thank them. Um, Yeah, it's just been a very, you know, it's been a very interesting year so far. And obviously you had the Green Bay game and, you know, Green Bay and Tampa. And, you know, for everybody who lives in the Tampa area, I know there's that hurricane coming. So hopefully everybody's safe and nothing tragic happens, hopefully. Uh, But you have that game and you figure Rodgers, Brady, and Brady didn't have all his weapons and obviously... Green Bay has what Green Bay has. And you think you figure even without the weapons, this is still going to be a shootout. It's Rodgers versus Brady. And it wound up being a, a, a defensive slugfest. You know, obviously Green Bay escapes with the win. You know, Brady suffers the loss. And, I mean, it's always a good day when we see Tom Brady lose. But, you know, they interviewed him before the game about, you know, his sideline antics, breaking tablets, and... I'll give him credit for this. He admitted that he has to control his emotions a bit better. At least, if anybody gets it, it's me. You know, in the heat of the moment, you know, you pissed off, something didn't go your way, and, you, you know, out of anger, you do something you know maybe you shouldn't have done. I understand that. You know, I get it. But when you're the supposed goat of the NFL, you know, you do have to act with some sort of decorum. And at times, he doesn't. Now... Obviously, we all everybody knows my opinion to Tom Brady. I honestly don't think Tom Brady should be looked at as this greatest of all time when some of his Super Bowls come with clouds of judgment and something tainted along with it, whether it's Spygate, Deflategate, you know, whatever it is. Okay. We don't need to go into it. I've done enough of that. Um You know. I got asked the other day, do I think that this is Brady's last season? This is absolutely Brady's last season. And I was even talking with somebody about it during the game. We were messaging each other. And I said, you know, don't you remember when Brady said he would retire when he started to suck? I said, well, he's sucking now. So maybe he should just retire mid-game like that guy did from the Bills like three, four years ago where he just, after the first half, he's like, I I, I retire. I'm fucking done with this shit. So... Obviously, Brady's not only retiring because he's pretty much at the end of his career. Let's put it this way. He's not the same Tom Brady that he was. And obviously, he's got his little marital problems. And that's the thing. Everybody's making a big deal out of, like, oh, you know, now they're living separate. Maybe all this is taking a toll on his football game. I don't give a shit whether he's freaking whether he's staying at the Motel 6, Lakita Inn, Hampton Inn. I don't give a fuck. You're a football player. When you get to the stadium, leave your personal problems at the fucking door. I don't care about his marital shit. I really don't care. You know, bottom line is this. It goes to show you who Tom Brady really is. Because if he was if if he was a real man, he would have taken, you know, and this is to defend women out there. Obviously, she has a career. She had dreams. And she doesn't get to achieve them because she has to stay at home and watch the kids. Okay. So I understand why she's pissed off. Oh, you're going to come back for another year. I can't take one year to to chase my dreams and you stay home with the kids. So Tom Brady is everything I said he was. A selfish douchebag. There. You happy? You happy? Because I know all the Tom Brady haters 
are going to agree, and all the Tom Brady lovers are going to be like, oh, you know, that's not nice what you said about Tom Brady. You know, he's the greatest of all time. No, he's not the greatest of all time. Sorry, hate to tell you that. He's the greatest of all time based on a smoke and mirror show, okay? That's that, all right? And I know I know some people will agree with me, and I know who they are, so I'll be waiting. Uh, <laughs> but with that being said, I got to take care of some stuff here at work, but I figured I'd pop on. Um, I know everybody's used to me doing two, three shows a week, but I was on vacation and then doing it at home is just a pain in the ass, you know, especially I got a dog that has separation anxiety and God forbid you leave the room for two seconds and the crying starts, even though I love the little bastard, but still, um, with that being said, uh, I'm going to go take care of what I got to take care of, but as always, I like to take a minute or so to thank everybody who follows and retweets. So obviously, Brent and Dave at 1420 Sports for always fo- uh, listening, following, and retweeting. Um, if you're not listening to them, <laughs> you, you, you better start. Um, Sports Bliss with Rob and Chris is another good one to check out. Nate's Daily Wagers, Recliner King Sports Podcast, Level of the Playing Field Sports Podcast, another one. Average Joe Sports Podcast for always following and listening as well. Uh, who else we got out there? Scoreboard Addicts is another one. If you're in the pro wrestling, Bray Wife and 24 on Twitter's got a good one to check out. Uh, to all my new followers, um, you know, thank you as well. Um, also, too, Bray Wyatt fan 24 put out a um, a good pad, a good pads, uh, a good pods group chat on Twitter, which is obviously you know, which was a good thing because it's helped everybody out. So, um, you know, like I said, you know. Thank you to all you guys. Obviously, there's, there's far too many to mention, but you know who you are. And if I didn't mention you, you know that I'm thankful and appreciative of you following, retweeting, and listening. So, um, with that being said, I'm gonna get I'm gonna hop off now. So, till the next one, stay safe, and as always, peace.